Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. What's going on, Panther fans? This is a brand new edition of the Believe in Panther podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks. Desmond Johnson, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart in the house. This is, the, I think, it's the first time we've had all three of us in the house in a while. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it. So, uh, welcome, gentlemen. Loaded show for you guys today. I know you guys have been waiting for us to come back on to talk about some Panther stuff, and we got some stuff for you. Uh, today, we're going to look at the top four quarterbacks in this draft. Matter of fact, r- as we speak, the Panthers' uh, entire front office apparently is down in Florida uh, for Anthony Richardson's Pro Day. They've already seen Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. They've seen Alabama's Bryce Young. They've seen Kentucky's Will Levis. They took him out to dinner. They've done all these things with him. We'll dissect the four of them. I know, uh, speaking to Skyler the other day, he was looking at tape. Who are you? He was looking at tape of Anthony Richardson, I think it was. So we'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit about that. Um Baltimore Ravens versus Lamar Jackson. I really want to get in that one today because it's it's kind of took another turn since the last time we were on. Lamar basically publicly declare, declaring on social media that he asked for a trade almost a month ago, uh, which was new information that none of us knew. Uh, we'll get into some of that and what might be going on because the man hasn't even gotten an offer sheet yet from any team. So uh, we don't, yeah, we don't know what's happening with that. So we'll figure that out. And then uh, the biggest need on the defensive side of the ball. We spent so much time talking about quarterbacks and that's number one pick we've got six other picks and there's some things that we probably need to talk about on the defensive side that need to be addressed with these carolina panthers as well uh before we get into the nitty-gritty with everything of course it's an open mailbag so if you've got a comment or a take that you want to hit us up with you can do so like uh kevin uh Fackleroy, who's here uh on time during lunch good morning gentlemen i appreciate you being here kev um you can always leave it there with us and we'll respond in kind uh before we get into that though a quick message from our sponsors over at bet online BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships right through to the Final Four in the championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag where the game starts um and what we'll start is the, these uh quarterback uh evaluations here i bet a lot of people probably lost some money to bet online over the past two weeks with this uh this march madness tournament like i can't even my bracket made it to i think dinner time thursday before it was just completely obliterated and then by the time friday ended it was just like and now i don't even i'm a carolina fan so i wasn't really into it to begin with and now it's like this final four is the weirdest final four probably 2011 the one that had like vcu and butler and i think yukon was in it and that was like the worst championship game ever yukon and butler i hope we're not heading for that uh <laughs> on monday but we'll see we'll see um these top four quarterbacks here um let's start off with you Stu, because i wanted to get your opinion 
uh, on Will Levis. I want to start off with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. And I know Skyler actually has been watching some tape on uh, Anthony Richardson. What do you know about Will Levis? Because when I saw a picture of him earlier this week, my man got chiseled up from uh, <laughs> from the end of the college football season to, to now. Like he's all like, ah, like, do you, is there any world where the Panthers pick Will Levis at number one uh, <laughs> in this draft <laughs> and why? Nah. like that's all you need so like why are they even i mean why is levis even in this conversation it feels like they've narrowed it down to two right young and stroud i mean listen everyone acts as if like these like knocking on wood here but like we're human beings like things can happen like you know what i'm saying like um, so you absolutely have to go through the extreme measures of um, inter- going through the interview process and viewing all these guys in the sense of, you know, potentially being, you know, the number one pick um, because they could p- all potentially be a number one pick given certain circumstances. So you have to go through those worst case situ- situation, worst case scenarios Um you know, to, you know, play those back and think to yourself, well, if this guy is not available, um, who's the next guy? And so that's why you have the, you know, the, the four that everyone's talking about. Um, but you already know where I stand. Yeah, Anthony I Richardson. You, Anthony you Richardson. I'm, st- I'm still an Anthony Richardson train. No and – I got. We can talk about this as we we got more show to go, but I got I got my reasons. Okay. Okay. And and and, 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 and it's and it's and and only because I'm on this side of it, right? And I'm able to speak from this side. Um. Now, if my money was on it, I would be thinking a little different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If my if if it, if it, if it was my money. I would be looking at this from a strict, a strict data view. Where is the data? I need all the data. And I'm making a decision from that standpoint. Okay. And if it was that, I would be taking um, Young. If it was Stroud and I cared about people's opinion and didn't want to be chased down, down the road about why I chose a guy, I'm picking Stroud. But if I'm just going to be out there going, you know, gung-ho, like, hey, like, I don't care what nobody say. I'm going with my guy, and my guy is Anthony Richardson because the ceiling is just mm. – it's, it's too it's too high. And the thing is, he's played 12 games, guy. 12. I'm not knocking him for playing 12 games. It's not – you know what I'm saying? Like – he played 12 games. He put it on film. There's there's a lot of bad film, but behind that bad film, there's good things. There's There's been – I've seen the Tennessee game where, you know, early on in the game where he wasn't really capable of reading certain, you know, sit-down zones, right? Later on in the game – he corrected that. He remembered those exact same defensive schemes, um, 
and he actually was able to hit a triangle across the, across the middle of the field. I mean, that's a perfect – that is a like where there was a mesh. You know what I'm saying? There's a mesh play where you have two receivers crossing the field and you have a, a hitch coming behind them. He hit that. He read that. Earlier on in the game, he, would, he, didn't, he didn't see it. But adjustments, he was able to make adjustments during the game. I mean, those types of things with coaching, he's coachable. He, he understands the game. He's, not just a, he's just not a total raw guy that's out there just willy-nilly. I mean, this guy's clearly capable of playing the quarterback position. And with our coaching staff, I believe that is the answer. If it was, if it was anybody else's coaching staff, it ain't going to work out. Yeah, I feel like it's the coaching staff that's making us look at these quarterbacks a little bit differently than if uh, it was anybody else, really. Um, and I've been on and off the AR boat. Um, he's the one that's like, like you said, Stu, he's got the biggest ceiling, I guess, or potential. Uh, but it could go either way, like potential great or bust. And uh, Skylar, you actually, this is great because now you can counterpoint this because you were saying you were watching uh, tape of Anthony Richardson. Uh, what did you see? And did you see anything that gave you cause to be alarmed or anything that caused you to perk up and go, oh, I didn't know he could do that? Uh, there was a lot of both. <laughs> There's really <laughs> no point. Uh, the, the two games that stuck out to me in particular, because uh, I, I went through, I'm through three or four games right now. So I still got about nine more to go or eight more to go. But, um, the, the Tennessee game and the Kentucky game were the two I wanted to watch first. That was pretty much his best and worst game of the year. Kentucky game was was hard to watch, really, really hard to watch. Like, in that game, it was a lot of decision-making errors and it was a lot of uh, pocket movement errors where he wasn't having a good feel in the pocket. Like, there was two throws in particular. I remember one in the early part of the game, one in the later part of the game. The first part of the game, he didn't step up into the pocket. He didn't climb the pocket, and it ended up being a ball that was like two feet over the receiver's head. Would have been easy touchdown on a post route. Just just missed him high. Later in the game, he comes back, and this time he climbs the pocket into traffic, and he ends up throwing it, and it gets batted down. Had no chance at all. So he's got to understand kind of when to climb, when not to climb, um, stuff like that. But also too. He did make a really good throw, and it was in the fourth quarter of that game. The game was already over at that point, but um, he, he was rolling right. I think it was a play-action fake. Dropped it right in the bucket along the sideline on a wheel route. It was just beautiful. And you see those plays, and you're like, okay, there's, there's the reason why he's being talked about so much, because of the accuracy, the deep throwing that he, ability that he has. The Tennessee game, you turn it on, it's nothing but highlights. It's nothing but good. Like, there may have been one or two mistakes that were, I guess, so-called big, but like Stu was saying, it was one thing after another to just make you go, wow, holy crap. Like, that's the reason that if you if you hear Frank Reich talk about, oh, there's a top pick of the draft, that's the one that's going to make you think he's, he's number one. You watch Kentucky, you're thinking uh, third or fourth round. <laughs> but um, I don't have a, a solid uh, – I guess, take on where he should go just yet because I still got a lot of tape to go through. But as of right now, I would say this is just purely rating guys, not where I think they should go or where they will go. I would have him like as a second round talent. That's that's not 
again, that's not where he should go or where he will go. But when you look at the top players in this draft, there's a lot of good uh, defensive talent. There's a lot of good offensive linemen in this in this class. So I would have him a second rounder. But in terms of where I think he should go, will go somewhere in the top 10, obviously. Like someone's going to get a little needy and someone's going to feel like, okay, this is when we should take a chance on him. Is he at, n- at number one? I don't know. I, I would think that if Carolina wants to take him, that they'll move back because they they can get some picks back and they're more than likely still going to be able to get them. But I don't know. It's a tough a tough one to figure out. It it almost feels like <clears throat> excuse me. It almost feels like we were having the same conversation about Malik Willis last year. Um, Absolutely. With, but like Richardson, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He seems like a better overall player. Uh, he's got more more in his toolbox than Malik Willis did, but it's kind of the same doubts uh, in terms of like this game, he's like on point the next game. He's not this game. He is. I'm kind of trying to find the one out of these four. We haven't talked about Bryce young and CJ Stroud really yet. I'm leaning this, this week, I should say this week, I'm leaning more towards that guy that has the it factor. And out of the four, I think it's Bryce young. And like, I keep trying to talk myself out of Bryce young, but like there's so much, uh, tape and commentary on him from football minds i respect nick saban uh you know frank wright uh and actually i I pulled a clip here where all the stuff they're doing in the pro days the combine all that stuff it's really kind of like to reinforce what you saw but it feels like the panthers front office is really using what's on tape like they're using what they did in live game situations to kind of make this evaluation and then uh going to see them on these pro days just to reevaluate and to see how they are as people and that kind of thing. Here, uh, I pulled this from uh, the uh, owners' meetings that have been going on this week. Uh, Frank Wright actually spoke uh, with some Panther uh, uh, Panther reporters. Here's Frank talking about their process and what they do with all four of these quarterbacks in terms of trying to narrow this down. A lot of it was confirmation because our scouts do such a good job on the front end, right? So we all sat down, you know, back in our building talking about, you know, each of these guys, you know, listening to the scouts give their take on each of these guys. So, you know, you already go in having some idea of what you're walking into, but I would say in all the right ways, it was confirmation. Um, You know, you talk to these guys and you see, we said, Scott said this, I've said this, hey, all, all these guys at the top are worthy of being in this discussion. And, um, some for different reasons than others, some, for, you know, some more the same, but uh, those things I just got, I think, get, get confirmed. Uh, you just signed DJ Chark. We haven't talked. Lost my tab there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, they took the whole front office. Yeah, they're all down there. They're watching and everything, but it feels like they, they, it feels like they traded up to number one and they already knew who they who they had as the leader in the clubhouse like when they made the trade and now everything after the trade is to convince them off that box my question is who was that guy was it bryce young or was it cj stroud because it seems like it's separated to those two guys at the top and i'm wondering if it's bryce young and they're trying to get talked out of it because everything i've seen about bryce young he he just has this this it factor to him you know what i'm talking about that thing that you can't really describe that's around a player players gravitate to them they want to follow them cam newton had it andrew luck had it uh pat mahomes has it out of these four quarterbacks 
who's the one that has that it factor? Because I feel like CJ Stroud does not have it, but he has everything else. Like he has all the tools. Like, and that's where I'm stuck at right now. So that's the opinion I want to get from you guys. Out of these four, who's the one that has that it? Does Richardson have that it factor? Richardson has the it factor to me, yeah. but definitely Young. Young is the it factor to me. I mean, his poise in the pocket. I mean, he he can do Patrick Mahomes types of things, right? Um, not the size um, factor, but I mean, I just I mean, at the end of the day, these quarterbacks is gonna get hit. And when you get hit in the NFL, it's it, I mean. College is college. I mean, these guys are. I mean, he's played. He, he played in the SEC, so he knows how to get. He he knows what it's going to feel like to get hit by an NFL player, pretty much. <laughs> but like every play, like you are deceptible. Like you're just you're just out there against men that know what they're doing, and they will punish you if they get a chance. And, you know, and being so poised in the pocket, you're going to be, like, in, our, in harm's way. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not a, the type of guy that's really trying to escape. Um, and you're going to get hit. That scares me. Does <laughs> the size scare you? Uh, it does. I mean, because, like, you, you're – because if he gets hit – and I mean, I know he's he's a guy that's been in this. He's been in his size his whole life, like, and he's overcome a lot of adversity, a lot of naysayers, a lot of guys that talking about his his size all his life. Um, and kudos to him, you know what I'm saying? So, but like, to to put your pick in that, you're drafting a guy, you want him to stay healthy, like. I just don't know where that makes sense for me. Scott, what are your thoughts on, on Bryce and his size? Well, to kind of piggyback off what Stu was saying, too, like you give up all of what you gave up to go up to number one. And if you take that kid who is one of, you know, you don't see that kind of that kind of size in a quarterback hardly ever. There's only been a couple of them that have ever been successful. So if you risk taking him, giving what you gave up, and it doesn't work out, like, <laughs> you're never going to hear the end of it. So, like the whole staff is sitting here watching yeah. all these quarterbacks, so you can't blame it on I mean, one guy. It's like 12 people down there. The one thing I, I have to say about, like, this whole process, and, and I'm glad you brought up that video with Frank, because I think he kind of led on to that a little bit. I don't think they went to any of these pro days going, all right, we're going to see who separates themselves. Because they're not going to figure out who they're going to take based off these pro days like when they go to these yeah. things they're just they're just kind of seeing it live seeing it up front get a better feel for it it's not okay bryce young's our favorite going into this but we'll see if one of these other three guys can top them at their pro day no you're not going to get that pro day doesn't mean anything it, to me it doesn't because you're gonna have guys running you know free doing whatever routes they want to do they're going to cater some of these workouts to whatever they like to do best some of them will try to show off some things. But, again, you're not having pressure in your face. You're not having to read coverages. You're not having any of that stuff. So it's hard to really get to fall in love with anybody, especially after what Zach Wilson did, what, two years ago. Everyone was so amazed. Oh, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. 
And uh, yeah, how's that working out for me? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't, I don't get a name with these pro day things. I really don't. But when I go and watch Bryce Young, I mean, like you guys say, I mean, the it factor is there a hundred percent, but it scares me to death. If I'm, if I'm the general manager, scares me to death to take him number one, scares me to death to take him at all because I can't invest my, my future into a kid that if he takes one shot and, and it's, and it knocks him out, what are you going to do? You have to hit the reset button again. And I don't know if I'd be willing to do that because if you have another quarterback that's right there neck and neck with him, and I think CJ Stroud is every bit as talented. I'm, I'm probably going to lean toward the guy that may have a better chance of being durable and taking those hits. That's so, a good yeah. I don't know. I, um, I saw a picture of Kyler Murray and Bryce Young standing side by side uh, online earlier this week. I think it was for like a Nissan commercial, you know, the Heisman house or whatever. And uh, Kyler and, and they're both like 5'10", but Kyler's thicker. Like he, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's big much, boy. Yeah. Bryce is very slight, uh, his frame. And I think his height doesn't bother me because the way the NFL is nowadays. I mean, the quarterback can't get touched, but from here to here anyway. So, I mean, that part of it don't really bother me too much because uh, it seems like he's – very comfortable in these long dropbacks, these deep dropbacks in the pocket. He doesn't scramble around like like Kyler does to get into a throwing lane. He can throw it from the middle of the field. It, it's more that slight frame. And everything both you guys just said kind of bothers me about him, too. It's the one sticking point. If he was, like, 15 pounds heavier or – If he was two inches taller. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I'd be fine with him. Six foot – that's Michael Vick size, pretty much. Six foot – you look at those smaller quarterbacks like Michael Vick was kind of a smaller quarterback, like you say, Kyler Murray. Like those guys had one thing that Bryce Young doesn't, and that was the threat to run the football. Right. And I know RG3 wasn't really a small quarterback, but he had that element to his game that made him different. If Bryce Young can't escape pressure, I'm not, I'm, and, and I know he can, we've seen it on tape. Like he has the ability to, to, to get away from the pressure, but. I don't know. Like, to me, if, if I'm taking a guy that high that has that size, he's got to be able to run like a Lamar Jackson or like a Kyler Murray. Like, he doesn't have that type of mobility to him, even though he can get away. Yeah. Uh, Rich H says, uh, it's open mailbag uh, day, guys, so you guys can uh, chime in. He says, I love Bryce in so many ways, but there's never been a successful quarterback at five foot ten. Uh, how big is Russell Wilson? 5'11", probably. And Drew Brees was like that too, wasn't he? Like five eleven or so. But yeah. I mean, we're talking. Drew Brees is a top five quarterback of all time, and uh, Russell. I guess the one, to- thing, the one thing that you, if you're Scott Fitter and you are leaning towards Bryce Young, the one thing you can bank on is well, like just look at the offensive line. We got a top ten offensive line unit, so Maybe. you don't have to worry about it as much. But if you have injuries up front, then all of a sudden it becomes a concern. And you've got you've got skill position players in place, so like he's not getting parachuted into nothing. Like everything everything Fitter said last year around this time in terms of their ideal situation, they went out and made it happen. They wanted to build a roster so that they could just parachute in a rookie quarterback and go that route, and they've literally done that. Like I'm pretty happy with uh, what they brought in free agency wise on the offensive side of the ball, and knowing we have pick 39, which is basically a, a like a late first round pick, pretty much. 
they can go, they can go over where B, uh, BPA, they can go best player available there. They can, you know, pick up a wide receiver. They can pick up a, a cornerback. Uh, people forget Dante Jackson tore his Achilles, you know, at the end of the year. He might not be ready at the beginning of uh, next season. How much do you trust C.J. Henderson to start on that other side? Do you want to go get a rookie cornerback to challenge there? Like, they can do all these different things that they couldn't do before. Um, and a lot of it's due to the due diligence of the front office. So I'm very – happy that they're being very thorough. They've been very thorough with everything they've done since Frank Wright's come in in terms of how many people they interviewed for the coaching staff, the people they brought in for the coaching staff, uh, going all these pro days, bringing 13 people from the front office to each of these pro days, like on a plane or two planes or whatever David Tepper did. Like they're being very, very thorough. And I heard someone say that it's, this is David Tepper showing off. And I, I don't think it is at all. I think he's just being, this is what he wanted to do the first time. And kind of trusted the previous regime to do it for him. And this time you're seeing him be more hands-on in terms of being the owner and kind of letting Scott Fitter and Frank Wright kind of drive this train. So I'm happy with what they've done so far. I do think it's Stroud or uh, Bryce Young. And I think they're going to use these next couple of weeks to kind of decide between the two of those. Uh, another quarterback that we need to probably talk about here before we get out uh, is Lamar Jackson. Uh, we've talked about him a little bit here and there as it's been going on, but uh, things changed uh, on Monday. Um, so head coach John Harbaugh is at the owner's meetings. He's getting ready to sit down and talk to reporters. And this had to be like planned because as soon as he sat down, Lamar fires off a tweet basically saying that, you know, he, he wants to be traded. He asked to be traded on March the 2nd, which was a month ago, which was complete surprise to everybody in the know. Cause we didn't know he'd already asked to be traded. Uh, the Ravens haven't received any offer sheet on him. Uh, any team that signs him with the non-exclusive tag on him right now, he'd have to sign the tag, and then they would have to give up two first-round picks to get him, which might be why he hasn't received an offer. Um, has Lamar priced himself out of the market? Because it feels like he's trying to get Deshaun Watson money, and the Ravens aren't going to give that to him. Uh, if there was a team out there that would give it to him, I'd assume they would have done it by now. Did he price himself out the market, or are we seeing something else going on here? Um, Stu, let's let's start off with you. What are your thoughts on the situation, being a former player? <sighs> I just don't understand why he hasn't – how any of this is still being talked about. Um, been, it's been managed poorly, I think, by the Baltimore Ravens. Um and at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is a player um, of a lifetime. So how things did it, how things got to this point, um, I feel like there will be more to come out about why it's gotten to this, gotten to this point. Because um, clearly Lamar Jackson is fed up and he's tired of people saying like, dude, just take the money or, hey, I think at the end of the day, the negotiations aren't just, oh, $200 million deal, just take it. What does that $200 million deal consist of? Because at the end of the day, he did get hurt last year, right? If I'm him, I'm thinking to myself, I need something that is in writing that guarantees me that you trust in me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that you're going to actually invest in me because this position that I play is important. And if I get hurt, 
Like, you know, I need something that's going to solidify, you know, my my family, my livelihood, my worth, my value, um, and my time. And so, clearly, he loves the game of football. Pay the man. Um, and, and that's just me speaking from a player. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, as far as, like, the agents, you know, him not having an agent, you know, I for me personally, I had an agent because I didn't want to make that part of my business. You know what I'm saying? Like, my business is to play football. And, um, you know, for him, if he feels like he has it all under control and, you know, with his his family and whatnot, you know, kudos to them. But they got to get something worked out because right now you're wasting time. You're, get, you're getting – you're tapping now into the offseason where you should be prepping your mind um, on plays, you know, being with your teammates uh, and, and keeping that chemistry going. So I think right now the, t- the clock is ticking for, for anyone involved. That, you know, that was the first thing that really came to my mind, and you touched on it there, Stu, uh, in terms of what is the what are the players in the Ravens locker room thinking right now, like in terms of like oh, watching this unfold? They're probably ticked off. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it makes them feel kind of like, I would think, it makes them feel like, well, hell, if they're not going to pay our leader, what are they going to do when it's my turn? When, when I come up to my contract, are they going to shortchange me too? Like, it's going to affect the franchise going forward for years if they can't get this straightened out and Lamar when he put that tweet out it almost sent well it did sound like he's done like he's not playing in Baltimore like they're messing with his money they're messing with his body he ain't having it like he's we've never seen this before we've never seen a former league MVP in his mid-20s basically in this situation where usually the team just they figure it out and they lock him up like the last time maybe it was Dak uh and the Cowboys and he they he basically went out and played and broke his ankle and, and the Cowboys ended up having to pay more money than what they would have had to pay if they just gave him the original thing in the first place, which is going to be the exact same thing that happens here. It's like, uh, it's like real estate. Like the value is never going to appreciation. keep going up and up and up. And it's like the Ravens are waiting for like a moment to get them on discount. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Like you made this guy, he's 80% of your offense. Like if you take him away, that's that, then that division, with Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, you, it, come on, man. <laughs> it's done. You're a wrap. Like, you, and the dude's won 40 something games or whatever for you in the past like five years. Like, ain't no more big trust. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what's, the, what's the correct? I get, well, this is something I asked in, the, uh, in the, uh, the pregame that we were talking here earlier. Who's, who would you rather have? Would you rather have, well, maybe here's a better question. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Deshaun Watson? before all the stuff happened when he was considered a top five quarterback or would you rather have Lamar Jackson now? Lamar Jackson now, period. I'd have Lamar Jackson every day of the week. And like I said before the show, I would take 12 games of Lamar Jackson than 17 of Deshaun Watson. I think it's that big of a difference. So if that's the case, because we're unanimous, I'd pick Lamar too. If we, all three of us can see it, then what are the Ravens looking at? Is it just a, simply a matter of they don't want to give up that much guaranteed because it sets a precedent? Or I mean, if you think about last year when that trade went down for Deshaun, the whole league was pissed at Cleveland. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were livid because now that set kind of like the precedent, like, oh, we got to give our quarterbacks guaranteed money. And 
that's why I, I don't know if, if this is part of it or not, but maybe the rest of the league is like, we don't want to be the one that essentially creates this, this new trend of having to pay quarterbacks guaranteed money because I think the Cleveland thing is kind of its own thing because it was a trade. It wasn't really free agency. If you get into this thing where you start offering quarterbacks that are free agents, which, I mean, obviously Lamar's not a free agent. I mean, technically he is. He's a restricted free agent. But if, you be the, if you're that next team that starts this thing, everyone's going to be ticked at you. And you're going to ruin relationships around the league. It's not going to be. It's not going to go well. So I don't know if that's part of it, but I feel like at some point somebody you would think still even then would be willing to risk it for Lamar Jackson. I know I would, and and I've said it a couple of weeks ago, like I know it would probably not be the most ethical thing to do because you have your own quarterback that you just drafted a year ago. But if I'm the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm putting mm. in thing offer sheet. And it's either you give them to me or I jack up the price. So you have to pay them all that money. That's now, I, mean, I don't know why that hadn't happened Yeah, No um, one's even done that. So and, and there's some pettiness in that division. Don't let's not be fooled. But again, you, you doing that, you would almost have to have a sit down with Kenny Pig and be like, look, we're just doing this to do this, but they would never do that. The team that I still can't wrap my brain around, about why they won't do this is the freaking Tennessee Titans. You are not going anywhere with Ryan Tannehill. His best football is behind him. What are you going to do? Rely on Malik Willis? Are you going to trade up for Will Levis? Like, where's your future? Mm -hmm. If you're not going to go and put in an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson, why not just trade Derrick Henry and strip the whole thing down? That, and that, that rumor was out there that they were shopping Derrick Henry uh, at the combine, if I'm not mistaken, that they were looking around, hey, you yep. keep tires on Derrick Henry. So, I mean, Tennessee makes sense. Tennessee makes sense. I thought the Raiders made sense. Uh, y'all remember when I said, y'all remember when I said uh, Lamar Jackson and Tennessee Titans? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. I, I thought it was Dove Climbing or somebody on, on Twitter had put out something a week or so ago where it was rumored that the Titans were willing to do something to that effect. It's making me feel like the teams don't want to do it because of the non-exclusive tag. Cause all they're going to do is basically set a negotiating price for the Ravens. We're like, say you say you are Tennessee and say you come in and you're like, okay, we'll give you, we're not gonna give you two thirty nine or whatever it is that, that Deshaun got, but we'll give you two fifteen, and we'll make well, 180 of it guaranteed. The Ravens can just match it, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder we, – we, at least you would think. But I wonder if some of it, too, is teams don't want to tip their hat for what they want to do in either free agency later on in the summer or in the draft. Because if you're a team that is willing to give up, say, $200 million guaranteed to a quarterback, that, that doesn't guarantee you that quarterback. That shows you right then and there, we're going to be aggressive for a quarterback one way or another. So if we don't get yeah. them off, all of a sudden, you're going to trade up. So I think yeah. that is part of it, too. So I don't think this thing is going to play out before the draft. It's going to happen afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Rich says, Stu is right. Lamar and Tennessee fits their preferred offense would be a great fit, uh, but also get them out of the AFC North would get them into the AFC South, which would be a much more winnable division. Well, Jacksonville is on the come up. Um, I don't know. We'll see. There's, there's nothing to be feared over, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, you, you put him Tennessee and you put some things around him. I think a lot of it, too, is the asking price because oh, – Skyler, you made a really good point about this draft. Like, and everybody's kind of like silence about Lamar right now. Like, I feel like this is definitely like it's, – it's like domino effect, right? 
Yep. Like the free agents, the free agents have been signed that, you know, the top free agents. Clearly, Lamar Jackson is the the biggest talks of any type of trade or any type of movement right now. But nothing can be moved because right now there's people at the front of the draft that need quarterbacks. And so if you did anything to say, okay, yeah, we want Lamar Jackson, you shake up the whole draft. Yeah. You shake it all up and you really show your hand. And now anything of, of, of any trade or any value or where you want to go, people might not really honor and might look at you like, nah, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because think about that. Like, what if Lamar Jackson went to – who else needs a quarterback? Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta, right? No. And think about that. For that. Think about from that standpoint, Atlanta and the Carolina Panthers. Ain't nobody showing their hands. Nah. It, it, for, so for, for both of those, uh, Arthur Blank actually came out yesterday or day before, actually, and actually answered the question, why aren't the Falcons going for Lamar Jackson? And he basically said – in so many words, I mean, he hasn't finished the past two seasons on the field. So it's really hard to justify giving well, a guy $50 million a year or whatever when he's not finishing the seasons. And I'm like, yeah, but. That's, a, that's called a smoke signal. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a, <laughs> eh, I don't know, Arthur. Are you telling the truth on that one or what's going on? Because Atlanta needs a quarterback. But with Atlanta, you got to take it like that whole situation. That's exactly what it could be like. I, I don't. I don't take what Arthur Blank said as anything because they could very well be interested in, in, in Lamar. And again, if they wanted to move up or if they wanted to get Lamar, why do it now? No one else is doing it. You don't need to press to do it. And if you put that, that sheet, that offer sheet in, then all of a sudden a team like Tennessee or maybe even Indianapolis, who's at number four, they may see that and think, okay, well, if they don't get Lamar Jackson and Baltimore off or matches that offer sheet, then they're going to try and make that play to get up to number three with Arizona. Indianapolis has only got one spot to go to get up to number three. It's a lot easier of a deal for Arizona to, to drop back one spot than to drop back four or five spots. So I, I would think that that's exactly the reason why, because I think Atlanta would like to figure out what exactly Lamar would probably want. And if it's not something that they're willing to do, they're not going to put in an offer sheet. They're going to make their move up the board if they are that aggressive and that interested in the quarterback. A lot of this, too, um, I think has to do with the quarterback class because the, the class last year was considerably weak. Uh, for if this happened last draft. year, which there was some rumor of it, but if this happened a year ago, I, I think we would have seen three, four, five, six teams put it off for sheets. Maddie 316 says, if this would have happened last year, there would have been a 12-team Royal Rumble type steel cage yeah, match fighting yeah. to the death for Lamar. It is WrestleMania weekend, so shout out to Maddie 316 for bringing up some uh, some wrestling jargon. James Cap, what's up, James? James Capo uh, says, the full guarantee is pricing himself out of the market. The Browns had to give the fully guarantee because no top-tier quarterback wanted to play there. That's Cleveland. Also, if Indy or Atlanta sign him now, it's a top-10 pick. If they sign him May 1st, it's next year's pick, and hopefully he'll be giving up picks in the 20s. That's a that's a actually that's a good uh thing there too. If you wait till after the draft, you're not giving up first round picks in this year's draft. You're giving up picks going forward, and you know who knows where you're going to be picking at that point. So and really to that same point, and plus the one I just made, like if you're Indianapolis, there's a lot of rumors about maybe you know he'd go there. But again, if you put that in, you don't get him, then that's going to prompt a trade from someone at seven, eight or 10 or 12 or whatever to jump one spot ahead of you with Arizona. 
and then you're going to be sitting there with the fourth best quarterback. Yeah. So after, after doing all that, <laughs> you know, something too that uh, maybe irritated me a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mess. I'm gonna tell you why we mess. The whole uh, I had mentioned earlier in the year, David Tepper's the. I think he's the second or third richest owner now. And he was number one until the, the Walmart money came in uh, and they bought Denver. Um, people were asking, why aren't the Panthers going after Lamar Jackson? And I, I get tired of having to keep explaining what Scott Fitter keeps saying over and over and over again. Like he keeps saying why they're not going after Lamar Jackson. They're not built to drop Lamar Jackson into this, uh, this team. It would destroy the salary cap for starters. Uh, I'm trying to think of the lat. Well, Pat Mahomes last year, but I was, I was trying to think of the last quarterback that wasn't like a top five all time quarterback that won a Super Bowl with a team that was making like top five salary, you know, in the league. Tom Brady was taking cuts for years. Um, again, Pat Mahomes just won it last year after he just signed that extension, but I don't really know if that's kicked in yet. Um, if Lamar had a Super Bowl ring, it might be a little different. Yeah. But, I mean, for, for a guy that's never won a ring, I mean, he's still very young in his career, but. He's only won one playoff game, right? And he like one and two or something in the playoffs? I can't remember exactly, but I know he hasn't gone deep. I don't know if they've ever made the AFC Championship with him. No, no, no. Um, so it makes it kind of – again, it comes back to that whole who would you rather have? Would you rather have Lamar Jackson today or would you rather have Deshaun Watson uh, pre-Cleveland, like his last year in Houston when he was – I mean, pretty much consensus a top five quarterback in the league at that point. I mean, it's why he got the deal he got. Uh, and I don't know if he'll ever get back to that point again, but he's got that money. Uh, so I can see why Lamar would be like, hey, everyone's saying I'm better than this guy. Shouldn't I at least get what he got? But it feels like in the end, Lamar's going to have to settle for less just to get more. Um, I saw, I think him and Josh Allen were in the same uh, draft class, right? Was it 2018, 2019, something like that? Uh, Josh Allen has made like $40 million more than Lamar Jackson in the same period of time because Josh Allen already signed his extension and everything else. And Lamar's thing is drug out and Lamar is only making peanuts compared to the guys that were in that class. Josh Allen, um, hell Pat Mahomes was what a year or so before him. Joe Burrow's about to cash in. Nobody's questioning how much Joe Burrow's going to get. Joe Burrow's going to probably Justin get Herbert, who hasn't won a playoff game yet. So it's yeah. like, so what were we really talking about here? <laughs> what were we really talking about here when it comes to Lamar? Because it feels like there should be more. Uh, is it is it just simply because he doesn't have an agent? Would this be going faster if he had an agent? Because he's doing it himself. So maybe they're not taking him as seriously as they would like an, like an agent. Or I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure, but whatever it is, it makes no doggone sense. <laughs> they, <laughs> like, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> like they're like what the, what's happening right now is the media is like creating this stigma about Lamar Jackson. This isn't about Lamar Jackson and whether or not he's right by wanting more money because he is right. <laughs> like so, like leave, leave that to the left. Baltimore Ravens, why haven't you just said? Here you go. Whatever you need, whatever you want, we stick by it. Because if you really say that we want you, we'll do anything for Lamar Jackson to make this happen. Why hasn't that anything been done? Yeah. Period. 
Because at the end of the day, you can talk all that talk until that thing is written and I need you need that thing in writing, baby. Until it's until it's in writing, it's wrong. So in the discussion, pay that man. He needs an agent. Like, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll go over to the three man team. We'll get this thing knocked out in two days. We're like, look, <laughs> this is what he wants. We gonna get. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> and, and and for Lamar, like, it's it's it doesn't feel good to not feel valued. Like, you've done all the things that's been asked of you besides play hurt, and not 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 by not by like standard of oh he got a, a bruise on his knee. No, fella, he is hurt, injured. PCL don't. Don't yeah. go ask him to do something stupid. <laughs> like that's your that's your job as an organization to keep the players safe. The NFL's job is to keep the players safe. So if you asking this guy to go out there and not be safe, what's wrong with you, right? Yeah, I don't understand how he comes back to Baltimore now. Like too much has kind of happened in terms of what's been said and him being his own agent, like you said earlier, Stu, it kind of it puts him in the middle of all this instead of just sitting at home and letting the agent do the work so it's not getting personal. It becomes personal when you're your agent and you're having to answer questions as to why don't the Ravens want me. That's pretty much what right. it sounds like. You know, why don't the Ravens right. want me? Um, the, a- the agent is usually the buffer of being the bad guy. Yes. Right? Like, the agent, that's really all the, uh, at the end of the day, like, my agent, Ben Dogger, like, he was the bad guy going to war for me. He was going to bat for me. He was going to provide information of why I was the guy for the Carolina Panthers on my second contract. He did that for me. And so that way I could just go to practice, work yeah. out. Not deal with it. I mean, that's the <laughs> whole deal with it. <laughs> that's well, the whole I think once the, the request is put in, like, I don't think there's any turning back. Uh, at yeah. least, at least that I know. I mean, Stu's probably been through several experiences with teammates or whatever. Knows about people in the NFL. Maybe you can speak better to it. But I feel like as soon as that trade request goes in, it's like you might as well just go and split ways. And this wouldn't spur of the moment. This has been going on for two years. Like they have been negotiating this out for over two seasons. So it's not like Lamar woke up on Monday morning and was like, you know what? Let me wait till uh, Coach Harbaugh sits down so I can humiliate him real quick and just. Tweet out, <laughs> he ain't even gonna know what's going on, and that's literally what happened. I, like he had to have had somebody in the room that knew when Harbaugh was gonna sit down, and and they that that's the thing that got me the pettiness of it. Like he's done, <laughs> he is done in Baltimore to do it that well, way, the he time did it, it that way. He did it so that way it was relevant, I think, because yeah. he knew Harbaugh was gonna go up there and spew all this BS about how they want him to stay there. That's exactly what happened. Because, like, the reporters all saw the tweet. Like, literally, it's Harbaugh sitting down. And Harbaugh hasn't seen it or heard it or anything. So, he's sitting there <laughs> with the friend. <laughs> oh, oh, we love, oh, we love uh, we love him. We want him back. That's my guy. Can't wait to <laughs> lie to the media. <laughs> and the media's all, the looking at him. media's all looking at him like, have, so have you and checked plus, dude, Because if this would come out days before or even hours before, you know that PR department's going to say something to Jim. Oh, Harbaugh. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're gonna tell him like, "Hey, this is what was happened. This is what was uh, what was what happened on Twitter. This is what you probably need to stay away from, or this is what you can say." They're gonna coach him up and tell him what to and what not to say. Caught with their pants down, pretty much. So Lamar, this yeah. this felt like a, a, a premeditated attack uh, on the Ravens to 
to basically push them into the world of embarrassment where they have to do something with them. Either, well, signing them is past the point now. I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe the Ravens take charge in terms of trying to find a trade partner for them that makes sense for everybody. I don't know, but I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore next year. Uh, Real quick before we get out of here, though, I want to touch on this. Rich says, personally, even the Jets should consider Lamar over giving up so much over an upcoming 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Um, thoughts about the Jets? Should, should the Jets even put their name in there for it and run the risk of uh, upsetting Aaron Rodgers, who is not his fault. Green Bay is trying to get something for him, and the Jets aren't willing to give up whatever it is. Uh, but while the Jets are building <laughs> the whole roster as if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there, it would be the most New York Jets thing ever if Aaron Rodgers does not end up signing with the Jets and they've signed all this other stuff, and they got to go with Zach Wilson next year or whatever. Yeah. happening. Don't don't fall around. Don't don't be trying to get caught talking to two girls at once. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stay, with Stay away from Lamar. Um, we'll probably have some more on Lamar as it goes because this isn't going to end uh, anytime soon. Uh, James with a good point here too. For some reason, no one feels the desperation to sign Lamar. Cleveland clearly felt that for Deshaun. Had Deshaun signed with Atlanta, Cleveland would still be that desperate. That's that sounds pretty accurate. And uh, we were one of those teams uh, with the previous regime. We were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, too. We can't hide the fact that we were trying to get him. We just didn't want to pay a full guaranteed contract. That's the reason why he's not here. Um, I think Cleveland was at the bottom of his list. But somebody throws $238 million at you to come live in Cleveland. I think all you three of us here are going to go live in Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, can turn, you can turn Cleveland into Miami for that, that money. <laughs> on that note we're gonna go ahead and get out of here uh for the week we've been doing these a little bit later on in the week so the next one will probably be later on next week around thursday or friday or so uh we'll hit you guys up around lunchtime so uh for jonathan stewart skylar callahan i'm desmond johnson you've been listening and watching the believe in panthers podcast here on believe podcast networks brought to you by betonline.ag keep pounding Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.